AJ, where did we first meet? Which place? Was it the comic strip? The it, it was. So the first time I met you was actually uh, when we were you it was one of the 2011 or 2012 uh, Christmas Eve show that you did. And you came into the J-Space office, and I met you through uh, Gil when I was yeah. working at J-Space. That's right. And I, it was awesome, dude. So, like, it totally blew me away. And uh, I don't know, just been following you ever since. And um, it, I don't know. It's it's awesome to have you on, man. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, I see you all the time on Facebook and stuff. And, and I'm always like, and I knew we met at a comedy thing. I just couldn't remember exactly which one. But, uh, yeah, I'm psyched to do it. You know, a buddy of mine, me and him started a, a Game of Thrones podcast like like three weeks ago, just <laughs> just for the hell of it, just because we're both such big fans, and um, and I haven't done any any podcast uh, hosting in a long time, and so we do it just for the hell, you know, just whatever. It's nothing. It's 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 nothing. I mean, it's such a fucking great show that I, I don't know. I How can you not talk time. about it? Yeah, it's the best, the best show of all time. It, it really is like we kind of are at an interesting time in television, like specifically this week, like think like in the grand scheme of things with the way that t uh, TV is streamed nowadays, we're moving away from weekly delivery of TV and more to the dumping stream platforms and everybody else kind of from this moment on in time is always going to absorb the episode we just watched of Game of Thrones and then they're going to go immediately to the battle. And we're in this time of just crazy speculation and imagination and wonder that I think this show brings that no other show has ever done. Yeah, I I think that's correct. I, mean, I, I was trying to think the other day of like what's what show is like a, a close second or even a distant second. And I, you know, what are the what are the other shows that I really binge and and I was into? It? I mean, Breaking Bad was fantastic, right? Yeah. Uh, I liked Homeland for a while. Um, Sopranos, of course, but this, especially this set in this period, and I mean, there's nothing like it, you know. So, anyway, yeah, there really uh, is. <laughs> you guys have a uh, do like a, a cold open or anything, or um, no, I mean that's the first like cold open we've ever done, and it was it was pretty good. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I didn't know, I didn't know we were, I didn't know we were recording it. That's great. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Long Lost Heroes podcast. During the season eight of Game of Thrones, we've all been watching like crazy. Uh, I'm joined uh, by, with my co-host partner, Frank Marsilio. Hey, buddy. How you doing? I'm doing really well. And this week, I'm so excited uh, to announce um, the, our awesome special guest, uh, Ray Ellen. Hey, hey. What's up, guys? Thanks for having me on. I appreciate uh, talking Thrones with... Uh, enthusiastic uh, Thrones fans, so uh, happy to be here. Oh, dude, you, uh, man. Okay, so uh, you can find Ray on Instagram at uh, 
Ray Comedy on Twitter, Ray Ellen. Uh, he's got a brand new podcast uh, called The Sunday Night's Watch. Uh, who are you doing this podcast with, may I ask? I'm doing it with a, with a buddy of mine, my, my, my friend uh, Kurt Robinson. And, um, and you know, I, he has a, a podcast that uh, it's the, the uh, officially unofficial podcast of Aruba. And I've been on his podcast, I don't know, like probably 15 times. And, and we were just talking. We were talking about Game of Thrones. And I was like, you know what? Let's just do a podcast. We, you know, it's, we, we, we both are huge fans of the show. And uh, so Kurt and I uh, do, do – uh, we just started doing Sunday Night's Watch. And it's really I, – I can't get enough of the show, so I am more than happy you know, to yap about it as much as possible. Um, you know, I, I first watched the show, started watching Game of Thrones two years ago. They're already six seasons out, and uh, it was like I wasn't into fantasy shows. I wasn't into shows about dragons. Um, just wasn't my thing. And finally, I'm like, you know, I've heard enough people tell me how amazing it is, and I ended up watching the first six seasons, the first sixty episodes. I binged them in eight days. Oh my god! Wow. <laughs> it was it was insane. And like, and you know, like five days in, I was watching I had about forty four episodes. I was five days in. And I'm like, you know what? Let me let me take a shower and have a normal meal. And uh, <laughs> so I went to the restaurant that's in my building. And in the middle of my binge, I walked into the restaurant. And sitting there in the restaurant is Tyrion Lannister, Peter Dinklage. Oh, my, oh my God. God. It was unbelievable. I've never been that excited to meet another adult as an adult. I mean, <laughs> meet any, any human being, I should say, as an adult. It was incredible. And I waited till his wife and kid uh, left the table, and then I went over and, and talked to him, and, and I just said, hey, you know, my name is Ray, blah, 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 I live upstairs. He's like, oh, you really traveled far for a meal. I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I said, I've watched, uh, I've watched, you know, 44 episodes in five days. I'm in the middle of my binge. He's like, yeah, your eyes look a little fucked up. I'm like, yeah. And, uh, and then we just started, just started, you know, talking a little bit. And he, and he was great. I didn't want to ask him too many questions. I mean, I could have talked his ear off about just about Thrones, you know, but, um, he was great, and it was just surreal. I mean, I really thought I was seeing a mirage you know, in the middle of the show, and he's the best part of the best show ever, sitting right there in, in this restaurant where where I've been a million times, and it just so happens that he's there when I'm in the middle of his show. So it was pretty cool. It was pretty great. And immediately, obviously, I immediately, as soon as I was done eating, I you know ran upstairs and uh you know finished what you know went from 45 to 60 pretty quickly. So. Oh, yeah. well, th those are very captivating episodes. Yeah. <laughs> amazing. Yeah, it's like you probably uh, feel like you're in a dream, and all of a sudden it's like, well, I, I guess I must finish now. This is a sign. <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, it's also, I mean, think about it. Remember, like, when you look at uh, season six, like Battle of the Bastards, and then um, the following episode where Cersei just, you know, just destroys everything, just blows up the Sept of Baylor and everything else. I mean, those are like, those were like, uh, those were like amazing movies almost. You know what I mean? They weren't just TV shows. They were just events. They were they were cinematic. I mean, those battle scenes were better than most battle scenes you see in movies. And I'm not. I'm, and I really don't usually like shows that are, that are super violent. And that's just not my thing. And the the emotional content that this show packs is just so awesome. You know that. And you guys know it's just. It's great. It just you, you can't stop watching it, you know. Have you watched the seasons more than more than one time? In fact, yeah. So I um I was watching I think I started around when it started airing in season four. So I you know, I got caught up similarly first three seasons pretty quickly. Um and then so this year at 
the start of the year, my wife and I started from the beginning again. And so, you know, through the early months of the year, we're just kind of taking our time. And then like, we actually got to the point we had to slow down because like we were going to get caught up too quickly and we wanted to stretch it out. So we were, you know, pretty close to when the new episodes were airing and, you know, watching them again, like you see so many different things. You see, you know, characters pulling the strings behind the scenes and, you know, like especially like Littlefinger and um, you, you can see things coming now. And it's really interesting upon rewatching. But yeah, like the, and the quality is still there. You know, you go back to season one, two, three, you know, everyone looks like babies, but just like the the artistic quality, the cinematography is great. And, you know, I do really think it's going to hold up. Yeah, to- oh, totally. Well, the, I mean, the good thing is because it's the, the time period where it's set, it makes the show timeless. I mean, you know, it's not like it was set in the future, um, you know, uh, so and it, and it wasn't set, you know, in, you know, in 1994. I mean, it's just it's a whole other world, whole other universe. So so that's pretty cool. I mean, you know, I will say when when you rewatch them, because I've seen them each episode multiple times, I really, you know, I don't have a wife or kids, so I have plenty of time. <laughs> yeah, you know, I can watch what I want. But it's like uh, it's crazy because you definitely see there's a lot of foreshadowing that, that I miss. There's lots of little details. I mean, there's times where like, you know, I'm watching, you know, I was watching for 11 hours in a row and then you fall asleep and you wake up and you kind of you're watching sort of half assed. And then when you rewatch it, you there's so much minutia that you pick up and. Uh, just you know, relationships between the characters. You know, what's incredible, though, is that I can't quite put my finger on why I love this show so much. And I've really wondered that. I've, I've, I've asked other people about it. And, I mean, I, I, to watch and rewatch and, th- and to watch that much in such a short amount of time, to feel that strongly about I don't, I don't I've never felt this strongly about a TV show. And I, I don't know what it is. And, again, it, and it's a genre that, is, that I would never say was my thing, you know? Um, and yet it's just, I think that the, the stakes are great and the, and the, uh, obviously the acting's terrific. There's a few lemons in there, mm. but, but whatever, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's, um, it's just, and the, the writing is terrific. And, and I do think, you know, for them, for these guys to write, you know, they're basically, you know, they've been writing, you know, without any help. I mean, the books have been a guide, I guess, but they're sort of making up uh, the outcome. I wonder how much, how much, uh, input George, uh, R.R. Martin has had, um, on the latest shows. I mean, he's not credited as a writer, but I'm assuming he's being consulted on everything, you know? My feeling is he's got to be, uh, you know, he really, you know, he, he feels very closely. He's an, he's an executive producer on it. So like I, I, my thinking is he's probably, you know, he knows the story arc, he knows what's how it's going to end. And he likes to, the story arcs between the characters are his whole, you know, his whole grand design and, uh, you know, the redemption. I think that, uh, it's interesting how many, uh, you know, sayings or, you know, turn of phrases have come off from Game of Thrones. And I think they've totally had a T-shirt moment this past weekend where it's like to the perils of self-betterment. It's like everybody in the show is striving to kind of better themselves in this crazy, crazy ass world. And I think that's kind of where we're we're going to leave our characters and where I, I think the show really wanted us to spend time with and appreciate for the last time where everybody we love is pretty much here and okay. And whatever happens going out is all going to be different. And I think that this past episode, um, you know, the, uh, night of the seven kingdoms is, is such a cool setup episode and does things that, you know, uh, you know, game of Thrones does so well. This had a, a lot of the great game of Thrones qualities of the earlier seasons that, you know, for the, 
if you've been watching the the past seven, you know they're moving expediently and there's more action, and there's less walking around the castle and talking about shit. <laughs> right. Totally. You know, I, I I really, you know, I I watched the, the latest episode. I I watch all of them more than once, but this one I watched Sunday night and then I watched again on uh, I watched last night. I liked it better the second time. Um, I was in a better a, a better place to watch it, uh, better TV and whatever. But um, it was uh, it was I liked it better the second time. And it's and it is interesting. You really, it's just it, yeah, it's pretty clear. I mean, Jamie has you know totally evolved. He's he, he he was such a shit in the beginning of the series. Now he's just such a a good person and and his honor. And Dana- Daenerys is sort of you know she's shifting. I mean, she's it's a little harder to be as you know, sympathetic or empathetic with her because she's, you know, she's just everything with her is bend the knee, bend the knee. She wants to be queen. Thrown crazy. Or, she's thrown crazy. And John is, you know, John doesn't give a shit. John's like, yeah, I don't really care about being king. I'm flattered you want me to be your king, but it's not really what I want to do. But, you know, and Cersei has just been a jerk from, you know, from day one. So, but that's she, why she's the best she's, game player. She's and fantastic. Now, yeah, yeah, she's the, she's the best. So I think what's, uh, you know, if we're going to talk, if we're going to start there with, uh, Danny and Jon Snow. I think uh, I was talking to my I was talking to my wife, and we were driving back uh, from Long Island to the city, and uh, it was like it. I think he did the best he could. You know what I mean? Like he's he's not really great, like uh, you know, talking and being intimate with people. So I I think he did the best he could, and that he told her what was going to happen because having not told her, and then it haven't coming out afterwards or having to be an important plot point after the fact of the battle. Like, I think that that probably sets them up in a different way. It also motivates her in a different way that we saw where she's like, what are you doing now? So I don't know. I, I dug the ending. Uh, I felt that, uh, like in that way, you know, Jon Snow is, is the, the good leader that, you know, Game of Thrones deserves, but maybe it doesn't need. Right. Yeah. That's, that's, a, that's a good point. Uh, it's a very good point. You know, there's so many guesses as to what is going to happen. And I and I really there's truly there's no one. The only person I really want to see die at this point is Euron, you know, <laughs> <laughs> or your your urine, as I uh, think you should be more aptly named. But that's the only one. Oh, Cersei yeah. obviously yeah. needs to as well. But, you know, you got to figure. Um, I, I think that uh, uh, what's her name? Melisandre kind of foreshadowed a bit with. Uh, with uh, Varys, when she said, "You know, you need to die in this in this strange land," so it makes me think that he's gonna he's gonna go. I mean, who are the more dispensable or just uh, disposable characters? I mean, you have to figure. I don't want to see Jorah go, but maybe Jorah, maybe Varys, uh, not Arya, not Sansa. I, I would imagine that, you know, you would think that Jamie's gonna be the one to to end up uh, killing Cersei, or maybe it's gonna be. Jamie dies and Arya takes his face and uses his face. I mean, you know. Oh, that's a good one. That's, it's really possible. You know, you think, well, the Hound could die. Well, wait a second, but the Hound needs to, he really should be the one to kill the mountain, you know, Uh, his brother. So it's, it's just tricky. You don't want to see anybody die. And, you know, uh, you would think that Bran has to not die. Maybe Theon dies while protecting him. Oh, sure. You know, but. It would. Uh, it's. It's. Uh, it's almost like I don't. There aren't too many really wrong choices because they can go in in a in an interesting direction no matter which way they 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 choose to go. You know. 
They um, like tease up so many in, in this episode. You know, they have all these pairings of characters that care about each other and like all these moments that could be their final moments between uh, Grey Worm and Miss Ende and uh, Sansa and Theon. And I mean, even I, I, Jon Snow and, and Danny, like they don't have a, a lot of screen time together because I'm sure there's going to be more for them. But I mean, there, there's three episodes after this big battle next week. So it's like right. anything can happen and we can lose a bunch of characters on Sunday and, you know, the fallout of that will, will lead because I mean, I think it's probably pretty improbable that they, they won't win. You know, like I, I don't think they can win on, on Sunday. I think there's like way too much left, way too much plot to happen and something's going to go wrong. <laughs> yeah. Um, and a lot of people are going to yeah. die. Yeah, and 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 you also, you know, it's interesting. They they did definitely had a lot of reunions in these last two episodes, you know, in these first two episodes, I, I should say. And th- th- I always, I constantly wish that the conversations were longer, you know, between Arya and the Hound, and and uh, you know, even like if you look, think about it, Theon and Sansa, who you know they had such a heartfelt reunion, and then Daenerys always seems a little thrown off by that like remember like Sansa initially okay so Sansa initially was pissed off at Jamie, and then when Brienne vouched for him Sansa changed her tune and Daenerys doesn't seem to have that that element of forgiveness and maybe it has to do with how that they were each raised Sansa grew up with a a big loving family and Daenerys certainly didn't she grew up with that piece of shit brother (laughs) and then and then when you see Sansa with Theon I mean everything that I mean look Theon had he not pulled what he pulled it could have been a very different story for all of them, but in the end, they went through hell together, and and he and he did help her out. But I mean, he could have brought that candle up and not told Ramsay, you know, which but he but he didn't do that. He ratted out Sansa, and she paid paid a horrible price for that, you know. But still, you saw that was a very heartfelt reunion, and like when you saw Arya and John, yeah, it was a nice hug. But you know, <laughs> it, you know, it's like yeah. Yeah, hello. And speaking of Arya, the Arya Gendry situation, that is just, oh boy. just, it's like you're watching your little sister. I mean, you, she was, what, eight years old? I had to remind myself, all right, look, I know the actress is like 22, you know, she's, yeah. and she's old enough. But like seeing Arya's side boob, like I didn't need it. But, yeah. but if you look at it, it's like she was in full control of the situation. She, you know, she was the boss. She pursued Gendry. She was the, you know. Uh, she was the aggressor. Was, so I mean, she was advocating on her own behalf. Completely, completely. And, and, you know. And to me, that saves the scene. Like otherwise, you know, uh, I I don't know. I, I I don't know what I think about this. I don't have a little sister, but like this is how ha- it's exactly how I felt. And uh, I mean, you know, with that in mind, Frank. <laughs> I mean, I think it's just a little tone deaf on the writer's part. It's like, what do they think people are going to think? They watch this kid grow up from, you know, being an eight or 11 year old or however she was when she started the show. Like, what do they think they're going to like? They can have her have a sex scene, but they don't have to like go there. They can have it cut away as soon as they, they like start to strip early. away. Like, I know it's oh. Game of Thrones, but. Well, I, yeah. well, think about it. When 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 Daenerys, when John tells uh, Daenerys that you know that he's that he's the, the you know what his real name is, you know, or my my first thing would have been like if I was Daenerys, been like, oh shit, I'm your aunt, but that's not where her mind goes, you know. Her, <laughs> you know, I, I bang my nephew. No, she's no. like, well, I'm the queen. It's my throne. You know? But so. she's but she's throne drunk. She wants. To, she is. She's now on Westeros. She sacrificed everything that she needed to do, and she's like. 
you know, I, I don't think that she realizes the gravity of the situation. Like she kind of uses John to live vicariously through his end times, but she doesn't like quite grip it. Like she saw it and we don't know what like a ice dragon is going to do in battle. Like we don't, we have no idea of that. And she has no idea of that. Like right. up to this point, she's unchallenged. She's, uh, she's the undisputed, you know, dragon fighter of the world. And <laughs> at, at this point, you know, what, what else are we going to do? Um, to well, get, don't to you get, think if, if, yeah. these, if they, I mean, if everyone defeats the dead, I mean, Seriously, Daenerys could easily just say, assuming the dragons are still there, she'd be like, look, I still got plenty of Dothraki. The dead are gone. I got Dothraki. I got Unsullied. I got my dragons. So you all better fucking bend the knee. And that's the way it's going to be. I mean, she could easily do that if she wanted to say, fuck off to John. And I, you know, I don't care about being with you anymore, you know? Yeah, it, it's tricky because even John, like in that scene, obviously it ends with uh, it cutting away to the White Walkers showing up, but. Like, he spends the entire episode kind of brooding in the crypts, and he takes his sweet-ass time to actually tell her. But, mm -hmm. like, he never actually says, like, oh, but I don't want it. I don't want it. Like, I'm never. not going to be your threat. No. Like, I think there's a lot going on in his mind right now of, like, well, if this is what my my true lineage is, like, and, and everything I've known is a lie, like, maybe I should stop, you know, resisting this leadership thing because it's kind of in my blood. And if yeah. he's seeing, you know, the way Daenerys has been and like kind of, you know, she killed her, her best, uh, like Sam's father and brother, like, like it just, he may be starting to doubt her. Right. Sam, Sam might've planted some seeds of doubt for sure. And, 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 and Sam has totally evolved as a character, you know, when he's, you know, he's just, he's just, he's, he's a, you know, he's a cocky killer getting laid now, you know? <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but it's uh, yeah, he might have John might have some doubts because of uh, certainly because of what he's seen and what Samuel has told him. And uh, and and that it was great. It was a great moment when Samuel told John in in the episode one. It was a great moment when John told uh, uh, Daenerys. But I think, uh, you know, he was what his real name was. But I actually think maybe the most powerful moment of these first two episodes could have been when Jamie knighted Brienne. Yes. Yeah. It was great. It's the first time you've ever seen her smile, you know? For Huge. sure. That, yeah, we've been waiting for that for so long. And, you know, everyone's been kind of, like, shipping them of, you know, like, they have this, like, love and respect for each other and everything. But, like, this is, like, that's the moment they needed of, like, him recognizing that she's an amazing warrior and leader. And, you know, he's going to fight underneath her. And and now she she's a knight because he had had that ability to do that and totally and and it was a great scene with everybody else there and the, you know have the whole the drinking before and and the song and yeah hey Podrick by the way Podrick's got a good good singing voice you know I knew that Braun the actor who plays Braun is a Jerome Flynn and he I think is a singer by trade and oh, I that's I awesome up, yeah and I looked up uh, I forgot his name is it Daniel something the guy who plays Podrick Porter uh, Porter I think. Is that his name? Dan Porter. But I didn't mention anything about him being a singer, and he had a great voice. You know, he was he was he was very good. He, and he's evolved very much. You know, uh, uh, Podrick has has evolved uh, over the last you know several seasons. Um, you know, one thing I, I don't know if you guys noticed, but you know, when Theon shows up and and Sansa, you know, gives him a big hug, there's a part of me that I wish that she had punched him in the face. Like part of me is like Theon should always be great be greeted with a smack. <laughs> in the face. I mean, followed yeah. by a hug. He did know? get that last yeah. week, so. I guess it twice did. in a row would be. <laughs> be his thing now, you know. It's uh, and the, the little girl that was with uh, Davos and Gilly, we finally saw Gilly. You know, she yeah. made an appearance. 
um, you know, you really felt for Davos. Like, you made me think like that because obviously the little girl reminded him of Princess Shireen. Um, uh, there are there is internet discussion that that may be uh, Melisandre uh, posing as a young little girl, like to win back Davos. That's like, oh, that's interesting. That's interesting. Like that, Ooh. she's the only person who would know. Like this, this is the kind of kid that he needs to kind of like save and do what he needs to do. So I don't know, but uh, I love that scene and I love Davos Seaworth. I think he's such a great addition to the show, and uh, I, I don't know. I love his, um, I love his whole look. I love his whole lurking around. I want to see him have a good uh, fight in the in this episode, and I loved all of them hanging around in the. Uh, you know, the big hall drinking. That's like maybe one of my favorite scenes in anything. It was great. It, I it would. Was, it, it was really great. And I like the Davos suit when he just, when he came in just to, you know, to keep warm. But, <laughs> you know, but he's perfectly happy to, he's got a cool voice too, but he's perfectly happy to, you know, chime in on the conversation and, uh, and watch uh, Tormund, you know, uh, tell a story about uh, drinking, uh, you know, giant's breast milk. Which, oh. uh, it was just, he's just a fuck. I mean, I well, kept thinking that Tormund and Brianna are going to hook up or Jamie and Brianna's going to hook up. But I'm like, either way, it, it would be interesting. But uh, the first thing he said when he showed up is like, you know, what, what did he say? Is the big blonde woman here? Where's the big woman? Yeah. I mean, it was really. Yeah. And we, he, he, he just, I remember he did something very creepy in, in this episode two. And the look Brienne gave was just like, hey, what the fuck is wrong with you? It's really. <laughs> They play off each other really well. They do. And I, I feel like at, at this point, like, this may be the most we've got it. You know, like, they, they teased it along and teased it along. And, like, this was kind of like the they went all in. And I don't think they're really going to hook up from here. I, I, I don't know if that's something Brienne wants. But, uh, you know, like, obviously we had other characters, like, consummating their relationships last night or two nights ago. So, you know, I don't think that's necessarily going to happen. But, uh yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This was like one of those great bottle episodes in in a way in that like it was on King's Land uh in Winterfell. We didn't go to King's Landing at all. We didn't have really other players in the mix and it, it just felt like okay, they're they're waiting out the, this uh this battle that's about to happen and you know what yeah. is everyone's last night on on in the world going to be? Well, and, and it's funny, it's, 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 yeah, it's interesting you say that because remember when Arya says, and, and Arya and the Hound had a nice moment when he says, you know, I fought for you. When she says, you, who have you ever fought for other than yourself? And he says, I fought for you. You know, that was a nice moment. And when then Beric Dondarrion shows up and apologizes to Arya. And then she's just like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not spending my final hours with you miserable old shit. She's <laughs> like, I am banging Gendry. Let me go find him. But honestly, I kept thinking, all I could think was like, save your energy. You guys got to fight. What are you doing? You say, you know, like a boxer would never, never uh, have sex. They got to save their legs. If you're going to fight the dead, don't bang. Uh, what know? about all the alcohol they drank? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's ridiculous. I mean, for Tyrion, it doesn't matter because he'll probably, you know, he'll be in the crypt. Which I have a feeling being in the crypt is not going to be the safest place. No, no, I don't think they really thought that through. I, 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 I don't know. Like, but that's how you get all the crazy dead Starks. So, like, that'll be pretty wild. Um, okay. But, they, uh, but then, then they showed, but they showed a trailer. I remember they showed a, when they were teasing the whole uh, season eight. They yeah, showed yeah. a trailer with Arya running through the crypts and like oh, she saw like, some frost and stuff. I mean, so that made me think. Oh, shit's going to happen in the crypt, you know, so I, I don't know. Uh, one other thing. Uh, uh, Leanna uh, and Jorah. Oh, Leanna man. Mormon, Jorah Mormon. It was just funny to me that they're cousins. 
because you, know, <laughs> you just assume Jorah's like her, her uncle or something at least or it's like you know you know I, I got a kick out of it she she's she's awesome I mean she's a great character she's a great character and she's really fun but I think it would have been kind of okay for like this un- this cousin who she's never really met before I don't think would be to come and like finally say for the first time like you're a little kid <laughs> like yeah you're not in charge like uh right. we're in charge we're the big people sorry <laughs> right yeah so, well, yeah let's arm wrestle let's shut right. up and let's arm and do it let's thumb uh, wrestle how about that yeah <laughs> my major prediction and like this show has made me cynical like i think that that's like one of the the, gr- the great benefits of this show and its storytelling but i think it's also like it's changed the way I look at any media because I, I don't want to have my expectations, you know, heard. And I think I kind of, that that's like a stupid thing to deal with. Like I just want to enjoy the thing. So this show helped me enjoy things better now. But my most cynical expectation is anybody who got a cool hero moment, like anybody who had anything cool or fun happen to them in this last episode, is a hundred percent dead. So I, I'm I, they're all supposed to be all supposed to be set up at the front lines. Jorah, Jamie, Brienne, uh, Grey Worm, they're all done. They're they're not coming back. You think and Jamie's done? I think I think Jamie's done. I think if any way he comes back like a Benjamin Stark, I think he's gonna die. Uh, they I may be bringing people back. I I can't imagine that we saw the last of a Jamie Sansa. Uh, I'm sorry, Jamie Cersei. Scene. Oh, that, th- yeah. that they don't get a re- they don't get a reunion again. There's got to be something. Yeah. Everyone else, I, I, I'm wait. I mean, Brienne, yeah, she could go. She just got knighted, and Jorah, Beric Ondarrion, sure. But I, I'd be really surprised again, unless Jamie lives on through you know Arya's his face. You know, I don't know. I don't think I, no. I don't think the Hound or, or I, I don't I don't know about Beric. We know that Talos isn't there with them now, so he's gone too. So. I think Barrack could go. I don't think the Hound will go because he didn't have like a hero moment. He just had a small Correct. moment with Arya. Yeah, he's um, got to stay. He's, he's got to fight like, his brother. Jorah yeah. getting the sword. Jamie uh, knighting Brienne. Brienne getting knighted. Uh, and Grey Worm having his like consummation. We're gonna run away after it's all over with Missandei because they are clearly not having a good time up north. It doesn't work for them. It's it, you know it's totally different climate. They have way different clothes and and languages. Um, so. You know, I don't know. I, I just, I, I'm. This show's made me cynical, and I think that we're in for such a treat next week with this amazing cinematic. They're saying it's the biggest battle that's ever been filmed ever, bigger than Battle of the Bastards, bigger in scope and and length than Helm's Deep, which was in a movie. Um, <laughs> wow. I, like, I don't know. I, I'm. I can't. I can't even wait. Yeah. I, I think that the the team that's done this, like they've done it. Like I don't know if the marketing lines up to be exactly right before the biggest Avengers movie is supposed to come out. But like I've said this before, I could give a fuck about Endgame right now. I need to see the end of the next episode. Like, and uh... again, <laughs> no, I gotta see this. I need to see what happens. Like I, it, there's so much at stake right now. It, the show left us on such an awesome yummy moment it's all it's i need to see what happens and who makes it through yeah you know i'm uh i'm with you i mean this is the problem when i i, I can't binge i mean i just uh, it's brutal you know i gotta it's an outrage i have to wait you know a, a week between episodes how dare they do that to me you know who <laughs> yeah. i am <laughs> but, um, uh, but yeah but it was, it was it was a great episode it was really it was very really good it really was. And I actually thought I thought uh, 
episode one, season eight, episode one was pro. I thought it was pretty much better than any episode from season seven. I, I obviously I like season seven. I didn't love season seven compared to the others. I mean, the best moment in season seven was episode three when Olena, you know, when she drinks the poison after she's defeated, and then but she still wins. She said, you know, tell Cersei it was me. You know, when she admits to to Jamie that she killed Joffrey, um, that was like an amazing, like holy shit moment. Like you know, she wins, she's dying, but she wins. And in that same episode was when Cersei got revenge on the Sand Snakes. Remember, she had Alaria Sand and her daughter chained oh, yeah. up in the dungeon, and she you know kisses kisses the daughter on the lips and and says, you know, yeah, we're gonna you know we're gonna we're gonna force food down your mouth. We're gonna keep the torches lit. You're gonna watch your daughter just decompose, and this is it for the rest of your life. This is, you're gonna be right here watching your daughter die. I mean. That was like a whole, as much as I just can't stand Cersei, that was such an amazing piece of vengeance that, you know, on, about her, her daughter. In fact, I, I wish that they would cut back to that dungeon at some point. <laughs> Periodically. <laughs> or just have it. a little picture in picture, you know, just right up at the corner of your screen. Just, it would be great. You, you could click on it, like additional, you know, like a, a second screen uh, thing. It should, be, it should be that. It should be it should be Ilaria and, and their dead daughter in the dungeon. And also. Uh, the Septa that remember Cersei said where you're not gonna die for oh, a while. Oh yeah, you know, <laughs> that when when this is your this is your god now and she was talking about the mountain. Oh I yeah, I would I'd love to cut back and just still see her there tied up and see what's become of her. You know, because you know Cersei said you know she was gonna be the last thing she sees before she dies and that hasn't happened yet. I I would love if they cut back to those two rooms. I in, think we'll get that. Season. You think so? I think, think so. so. I think it's been. Uh enough time that you know they were kind of pretty big moments and you know there's enough time left in the show that you know after this uh this war uh or this battle that like we're gonna have to cut to king's landing and see what's going on there besides because cersei's alone so like we got to see her kind of like messing around i agree but for a similar uh not so you know an associated reason that uh we need Cersei is essentially the best on-screen villain ever. Why? Because she's so sympathetic. You totally feel, and we've watched her descent into this kind of supervillain that she is now. And you, we are going to need to see that to set up how crazy she's going to, what she's going to do at the end of the show. Because I can only imagine what kind of, you know, uh, crazy thinking she's been up to with that uh, Kyburn guy and yeah. what kind of, you know, mechanical or people or, you know, other kind of Blackwater stuff. I don't know. I'm, I'm down to see what they can do. Well, she's very up- sad that she didn't get elephants. <laughs> very. <laughs> very upset about the lack of elephants. i never seen a woman so mad that she did not get an elephant. Uh, that was like another subtle callback to Lord of the Rings, I thought, in this episode. I thought, like, the Podrick singing song was similar to uh, when uh, Pippin is singing his song right before Minas Tirith. And then you have, you know, Podrick singing this, and then you also have the elephants. Like, are they going to be the cool, crazy, big elephants? Like, we have giants. Can we have those cool, crazy elephants from Lord of the Rings show up? I was down, but maybe maybe next time in the prequel series. <laughs> That's right. That's right, maybe. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so so next week we have, like, this plan that they, they're executing where... Great big map planning scene they had. Oh, yeah, this that was great. And you have all the characters in the room. And uh, basically, Bran is 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 putting himself as bait um, yep. in, in the Weirwood uh, or the Godswood. Godswood, that's right. Um, and like, so I have this one theory, and I read 
partially of this on on the internet and um but i kind of thought about it a little bit more myself like in this shot of the white walkers uh at the end there like we don't see the night king and we don't see his ice dragon granted we don't see daenerys's dragons either in this episode but it, do you think he is actually going to winterfell or is he does he have another task at hand and is he going to do something else uh that's a good does who have another task the night king because uh, everyone's well, expecting Bran... him to be there yeah i mean bran basically said that the night king needs to kill him and he's tried to kill other, other three-eyed ravens so given that bran has always been correct once he once he once he has the vision he's always right i mean yeah because remember he initially thought that john was supposed to be john sand and then and then Samuel said, no, 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 Rhaegar and Lyanna were in love. Can you see it? And then he goes and sees it, you know? So it makes me think that when he makes that, that announcement that the Night King needs to kill him, I have to take that, we have to take that as, as fact. So I don't know. Why? Do you, what do you think the Night King... Well, so I read this one theory that maybe he's heading further south than Winterfell to, to I guess, create more dead. Um, you know, maybe get, heading no. as far to, to King's Landing because, like, if he, I, I'm just thinking about this dragon that and it destroyed the wall, it made a huge hole in this wall. Like, how is this? How are they going to survive against that dragon against in in Winterfell? For one, <laughs> and they and they got the Dragon Express, so he can he can considerably exactly. he go can down go there around them, and he doesn't have to be seen. Yeah, that's that's interesting theory. I don't know if it's it, I don't know if it works with the narrative of the show. <laughs> like I think that they have to have the Night King here and you and you have to have your big bad show up. Uh and and that they're going to have some kind of a battle cuz if he's going to be interesting later on, you know, I don't know if we can just wink at him in this in this next episode. I think we have to do some battle with this guy. And we have to see how the White Walkers may have advanced whatever they're going to use to fight against you know, the people who are now armed with Valerian still in Dragonglass, like, are they going to be more perceptive of the, the kind of risk that's at stake, or are they still these just inane alien monsters? Well, you know, the the, the dead, the army of the dead outnumber, uh, you know, they still outnumber all the Dothraki and Unsullied and, you know, every, everybody, you know, the, this the army of, of the North. So they do outnumber them, but you'd think that with the firepower of two dragons, I mean, granted, the Night King has a dragon as well, but you think that with the Fire King of Two Dragons, that you can wipe out huge chunks of the Army of the Dead immediately with two dragons, with, with firepower, right? With dragon fire. Um, and you also could maybe think that maybe uh, the dragons could uh, uh, team up and maybe kill their former uh, sibling, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The other thing was maybe Bran will warg into the the dragon. Uh, the dragon. Yeah. Of you know the Night King's dragon. The Night King I don't think Shane. he can war against the Night King himself. I don't think that's right. Possible. Yeah. No, because he he was near the Night King and the Night King marked him. That's marked how. He, yeah. So he can't he can't war into the Night King, but he can war into Viserion. I like that theory. That's a good one. Yeah, that would yeah. be yeah. that's possible. I would. Think. Oh, it's it's, cer- it's certainly possible, and I think that they're setting it up for a good last stand of all the great sympathetic characters that we love to be in the Godswood with Bran. And to be kind of fighting this like last stand, you know, close quarters battle. And if they're, you know, they're already teasing that there's like fighting on the 
the catwalks of the castle. I don't know what those are called, but they're when they're walking around, they're they're gonna they're close. Uh, I think maybe they. I think uh, I think they call them hallways. I believe that's the word. They're going to fight in the hallway. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm very excited about this. Uh, I really. The more I talk about, it, the more I'm pumped. You know. Yeah, yeah. I love the um. Just a few more things to shout out that were like kind of quick. I loved the like crow freshman you know reunion of 2011. I thought that was kind of cool that they all got to kind of see each other and be like, hey man, we're here. Yes. Yeah, for sure. We have uh, wow. yeah, definitely. That was a good. That was a good. Uh, a good. A good visual. It was a good reunion. It was good with with Ghost as a cameo in there too. <laughs> yes, he did. Ghost did not say much, but he was there. And uh, yeah, I mean, really, we've seen very little Ghost, Barris, and Gilly, and Leanna Mormont. It just matter. makes me so mad because it's like they keep saying how expensive it is to have the direwolves and this this dog, basically dog stands there and does nothing i'm like how much money could that really have cost they couldn't have had him in any other scenes over the past two seasons and now they just have him here because they probably are teasing him to be a little bit more involved next episode it's just yeah like, i just also, want more uh, direwolves. <laughs> I, I i wish each episode was night at least 90 minutes you know i mean yeah i mean it, it, theoretically i mean as, as great this is i mean this has built up so much tension you know anticipation for next week but theoretically it could have been this episode and next week's episode, let's say, all in one episode instead of, and then maybe, you know, why not give us, how about giving us eight or nine or ten uh, episodes? I mean, if, if you think about it, obviously, I know there's there's plenty of costs involved, and, and from, from a production standpoint, the show's very expensive, and the hours, I'm sure, are brutal, and uh, I think that, you know, if you think about it, uh, you know, if the actors were game, this show could run for, you know, 30 years, like the way a daytime soap opera, some of those <laughs> ran for 30, 40 years. You know, why wouldn't this, you know, but, you know, we see Sansa as a grandmother, but obviously this isn't, this is not going to happen. You know, this is not reality. Even George R. R. Martin said that if the show followed his plan for the books, it would run for like another five seasons. And so it, it just makes me wonder at what point what the decision was that, well, we're off books, and we kind of want to streamline things, and they must have... I mean, I read the books, and they've already cut a lot of the stuff from the previous books, so it's like all those threads are just, like, out, and so many other characters that they didn't introduce, or they, they you know, like, all Dorn kind of, like, went really fast, and it, it, they they could have gone, and, like, how much money do they make from the show? It's got to be, like, well, so much. That's the thing. I mean, you would assume they're making, they're, they're printing money with it, but you know, you just, you never fully know the the, the scope of the financials, and I, who knows? I mean, that that's that really is. You just don't know. I mean, you know, the cost per episode and the cost to promote it, and even though it's such a super popular show, um, you know, it's interesting. It's such a popular show, and yet there are so many millions of people in the world that don't watch it. I mean, I've, I've gone on stage and I bring up Game of Thrones when I'm in the middle of a show, and there are plenty of people that don't know what I'm talking about. So even though it's super popular, it's the greatest show of all time, the the number of people that don't watch it, it there's, there's plenty of them, you know? And I mean, they're fools. But, <laughs> <laughs> but so that's, you know, it, it's, you know what, for, how many people watched episode one? Is it 14 million? I mean... 14 million you, you would think that if this if this if there were less programs on the air 
this would have been 50 million, you know, like, you remember like the, 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 ser- the series finale of Seinfeld, I think it was like, what, 70 million. So yeah, so but it was a different era. Yeah. It was, different it's, era. it's, yeah. it's, it's kind of, it's, it's fun though. I, I'm excited that the show is ending. I, I don't know. I think it's fun that they want to end it. Like You're excited to, that the show is ending. Let me tell you something. You will never be a maester. That is all there is to it. No, but <laughs> dare you? Excited no, but no. They're putting a button on it. Like how many times do things go on forever? Like and now they're going to. Now all the things that we love or that are franchises. They're going to continue on in some way forever. They're already announced a prequel series. Like yeah. we're not going to not get more Game of Thrones. Like that we're we're good but ultimately my feeling is that to like want to go out there and say definitively like this is how it ends and we're going for it and it's really been like watching the inside the uh, episodes afterwards where uh you know Weiss and Benioff come on and and looks like they're as much in it up to their elbows as they could possibly be and this is their grand achievement and and I don't know I I'm I'm cool. Okay, maybe a better way to say it is I'm cool with it ending, and I'm inspired by the way that they're going to draw it to a close. Because, you know, I don't know. It's hard to end a TV show, and it's hard to have the foresight to say this show needs to end in order to do other things and uh, change and change the landscape. Because now, because of this, we're going to now have a Star Wars TV show on Disney Plus, and that's going to be on the level that this is, but using the model that is going into the future. You see, I actually think it might not be because, and by the way, you're 100% right. Obviously, the show needs to end, and you want to end on top and all that for sure. (laughs) I just want to be be greedy and watch this fucking thing, you know, every every day for the next 30 years. But, but, um, but the the Star Wars thing, I don't know if it will be like that because creatively, when you look at some of the choices they make, like Jar Jar Binks, and like (laughs) it's just like. I have a feeling that the Star Wars show could end up being so sanitized. I don't think it'll be as intense as Game of Thrones. Yeah, you know, I just I don't think it will be. No, I agree. I agree with you, and I agree with you for the fact that like it's all more homogenous. It's all the same kind of look and color palette, and this show kind of started that in and of itself. Of like, this is the grittiest, most gruesome, gory, beautiful, gorgeous, epic show that's ever been on, and with the way that they kind of orchestrated it like i'm excited to watch as the you know the the big uh you know the big they're gonna close they're gonna have a closer ray <laughs> like i want to see their closer you know and yeah. like and th- this is gonna be you know uh I, I, they're pitching it as the most epic battle that we've ever seen next week and to me there's just so many there's so many good ones and i think that this show does battles like both really close combat and the really great fight choreography that you see between uh the mountain and uh, the the Viper guy, he was awesome. Uh, uh, it was great. That was such a great uh, choreographed and, scene. And by the way, by the way, there are the the guy who played the Viper, the guy who played Maester Lewin. That actor's name is Donald Sumter. The woman who played uh, Yara, uh, her name's Gemma Whelan, and also somebody. Oh, Charles Dance, who played who plays um, Tywin Lannister. Each of them are on a different show on HBO coming up, which is brilliant because oh my God. Perfect. It's, a, it's a brilliant move for HBO because obviously everyone's going to continue working. It's smart for HBO to have them working on their network. They've oh, got of them. course. And Warner Brothers does that. <laughs> yeah. They got them in the family. Brilliant. Very oh, smart. man. Okay. So I, I guess, um, you know, one thing that this show uh, 
really covers well and I I think kind of uh makes fun is is this kind of talk is is going over all the different questions of what could happen and where we're going and what's going to be next and I don't know just uh, where we're going to be all next week I think we're going to be in a different headspace you know uh is there uh, anything is there anything about Game of Thrones that you think uh you know, I, we've been talking about why it's the greatest show ever, but is there anything that really makes it fun to like, why does this speculation work for this show and no other show? Well, because there's so many, there's so many directions or so many choices. I mean, look, breaking Brad, breaking bad was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. You know, and there's, and, and, and pretty much every episode, the dialogue was perfect. You know, it was great. Um, everything made sense. The finale was, you know, arguably the, the, the greatest finale in, in, of any TV show ever. You know, it tied up everything, all the loose ends. I mean, even the even the house was you tied up. The, you know, the house was like a character in, of its, mm-hmm. in itself. So uh, but there I think there were there was a little fewer options. I mean, you're going to is Walter going to live? Or is Walter going to die? You know, is, is you know, is, you know, so, you know, we're here. There's so many moving parts and so many characters and and the stakes are well the stakes for life and death in, in breaking bad but here there's just there's just so many different components to the, to the show that could be why um and and so many different people competing for the for the iron throne that i think that's why there's more discussion about it i i think and and also it's just it's so well done that it it, it, it they created such a an intense passionate emotional world you know yeah, and and I think it just always subverts your expectations. Like I think AJ, you were saying this earlier that you've become so cynical that like we expect everybody to die, but then if they don't die, we're kind of pissed. But then if they do, we're pissed. So <laughs> yeah. it's just like it, no matter what, there's like it, it will something unexpected is going to happen. We're not going to see it coming. I just think there's just so many different characters and players in motion and. It, it just like like you said, we can speculate on every aspect of the show and and be wrong at every turn. I, I feel like, but it's endlessly it's endlessly fun like that. It is. And it, I I am, I think we've reached the peak, ladies and gentlemen, of our speculation. We could speculate no longer, but we are gonna be. I mean, I mean, we're gonna have great Game of Thrones dreams. I mean, since when do you have dreams about things? I don't know. I have <laughs> dreams about Game of Thrones. Uh, okay. Really, I, I have dreams about uh, about some women that I've met on Tinder, so I don't know. Uh... <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I usually, to be to be frank, the weed smoke really just like it puts a damper on your dreams, so you don't have as many. But when I do, like you know, this past week, because I've been trying to cut down, uh, last night I'm on the fucking wall again. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like yeah. you riding the fucking elevator, waiting to get up there. Okay. Um, listen, this has been an awesome chat. Uh, thank you so much, Ray, for coming on. Uh, Ray, also, if, if you didn't know, uh, he's the executive producer on This Week at the Comedy Cellar, which is just an awesome show on Comedy Central. And just like uh, growing up as a little kid, you used to get to watch stand-up comedy, you know, really regularly and in like a half-hour size chunks with the Comedy Central Presents. And I think this like this show... It's a totally different format. It's a totally different thing that you're doing. But like for the little kids out there in their rooms who are like, you know, interested in uh, the stand-up comedy world, it's such a great bite-sized way to get back in for them. And I love it for that reason. And I love the show. And I can't wait for it to return. Well, thank you, buddy. Uh, just uh, just to clarify, I am 
unexecutive producer. I'm not. Okay, the, sure. There are other. Just want to make it clear. I, I, there are other people work who work on the show, and uh, and we'll have a season two that will be coming out uh, at some point a little a little bit later this year, and uh, um, can't give you a specific date, but pretty soon. And um, yeah, it's it's a great show. I mean, you know, the comics are terrific. The comics are terrific, and it really is. A, it's interesting because not every comic has that skill set where they can, you know, hear a new story and and riff on it immediately. Material, yeah. So, because the turnaround is fast. I mean, even while you're working on the episode that's going to air Friday, you're already started working on next week's episode in, in one, you know, in one uh, fashion or another. Um, whether it's you know, working on getting uh, comics or even thinking about topics, but generally, you know, the heaviest times the show's going to air on Friday. You know, the news cycle changes so much. So the story that you were going to do bits about on Sunday is going to be very drastically different than what's on Wednesday. You know, so. So it's cool that, yeah, there's certain comics that really have excelled. And, I mean, it's funny that I mean, I'm talking to so many comedians who didn't think they had that skill set. I'm like, of course you do. I'm like, look, you could even take this old bit you have and just tweak it and make it, and now it's topical, you know? So when they started looking at old material a different way and then and using that as inspiration to write new material, I think uh, the results were really good. So, yeah, I'm happy about it. Um, and it definitely, uh, I think it's good for stand-up. I do think it's good for stand-up. So. It's, it's so. totally good. And then people can uh, find you at raycomedy.com. Also, the brand-new podcast, uh, Sunday Night's Watch. Uh, Ray, thank you so much for coming on the podcast with, with Frank and I. Uh, we hope, you, hope everyone out there enjoyed listening. And we can't wait to catch you next week as we deal with the inevitable depression <laughs> or <laughs> extreme joy that will come from uh, the Battle of Winterfell, I'm guessing. That's right. That's right. Well, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. A lot of fun. And uh, can't wait for Sunday. There you go. Definitely. Thanks so much, man. You got it. Hey, man. Dude, that was awesome. I'm so glad we had Ray on. He was so knowledgeable, super funny. Um, I, I just, it was a blast chatting with him. Um, thank you so much for bringing him on. I think, uh, you know, there's a lot of excitement for this next week's episode. Uh, and we built it to a fever pitch that we can sustain no longer. Uh, so, yeah, my friends, uh, thank you so much, uh, Ray Ellen, for coming on. Again, you can find uh, Ray on Instagram at Ray Comedy. Uh, on Twitter, at Ray Ellen, he's doing a brand new podcast, Sunday Night's Watch, uh, raycomedy.com. He play, he's, uh, I think it's his comedy club at the Marriott in Aruba, uh, and he is an executive producer at This Week at the Comedy Cellar. Uh, we are the Long Lost Heroes Podcast. My name is AJ Sherman. I am Frank Marsilio. And we are so thankful for you guys for tuning in this long all the way through the, to this part of the podcast. If you are still listening and you want to find out where you can get in touch with us, uh, please email us at info at longlostheroes.net. You can also uh, find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at LLH Podcast. Uh, we are available for download and streaming on Apple, Spotify, and Google. Uh, thank you so much, everybody, and have a great week. Bye.